0: Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. This classic sermon from Bishop Shines embarks on over a year-long journey of his teachings of fundamental doctrines. The scripture reference will be Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 in the Amplified Classic and King James translations. The first verse, Hebrews 6, and I'm going to ask that you would turn with me, if you don't mind, over to the Amplified Translation, and we're going to read this together as soon as you are stand, uh, as soon as we've read it, I am going to then ask the media team to turn then over to the King James Version uh, as well, we want to read it from ver- both uh, sets, and uh, remain standing after we've read the Word of the Lord, I'll share with you what we're going to be doing here just in another few weeks, I want to say this to you is going to change your life. Everything. If you are a Christian, if you don't have a certain foundation, you would not view life the way that Christ really intended for you to view. There are some basic doctrine that we're going to go over and I'm going to take my time and make sure you understand this. It will change generation after generation in your life. How many would be honest enough in this adult setting? Our young people in the back today, our little people in the back today. How many can see some things in your family tree that you wish were not there? Come on, that should be everyone here. If we adhere to these principles of scripture, we will begin to eradicate in the next two to three generations some of the negative things that unfortunately so many of us have been a victim of. But we don't have to live as a victim all of our lives. Christ have come to set us free. And if we adhere to what he wants to do through us, we can be free indeed. Amen. Let's go into the word of the Lord. Amplified translation verse 1 and 2. If you can see it, say man. Come on and read with pastor. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead for- formalism, and of the faith by which you turn to God, with teachings about purifying the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. Let's go over now to the King James version. Let's read this together as well. Verse one and two. Come on, read with pastor. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Grab someone by the hand before you take your seat. Please look at him or her eyeball to eyeball and tell them the basic doctrines Of Christ are for you and I that claim to be believers. All right, I think you got it. Let's be seated. Let's go to work. There are several things that I want to make sure that you grab, and I'm going to make sure that you understand this with everything that's in me. Every one of you, under the sound of my voice, if you call yourself a Christian, Paul says That if you don't understand these six, several basic elementary things, he says, you won't understand how to respond spiritually in your lifetime. Now, I've already prepared some notes for you, so I need you to go to work. Here's the first note. The scripture says elementary things. That word in the original language is where we get part of our English word kindergarten from. So please write this down, elementary stage for infants, preschoolers, or those who are in kindergarten. Now, these are some of the doctrines that should be fundamental to every believer. If you remember that before you could graduate and go into a different grade, you had to make sure that you had what was called a basic foundation. If the foundation is not there, then you and I will respond in life predicated and based on an environment, our emotions, what we've been trained to see or think, but not based on what God has already said. I want to make sure you get this. Every believer must understand this. It is incumbent upon you and I to make sure that we have what is called a global or a world view based on what is called the basic doctrine. Every building, anything that you will ever build, if it doesn't have what is called a better or a good foundation, according to Christ, then whatever we build on that foundation, it will eventually fall apart. Jesus said it will fall apart because when the winds of life come, touch somebody and tell them and they will come. Come on, touch one other person, tell them they will come. See, none of us are exempt from those things coming. But it's not that they won't come, it's how do we respond when they come. And if there is no foundation in your life, then when opposition and challenges begin to happen, you and I will respond predicated upon what we have learned maybe in a home, those who have had great influence over us, Clubs, organizations that we have joined or been a part of, but we won't respond the way a Christ follower should respond. And if we're not Christ followers, then when these things come, whether it's death, bad relationship, bad business, lose your job, lose friend, whatever it is, you're not going to respond the way that Christ would have you to respond. Therefore, you're going to respond out of your emotion, out of your intellect, you're going to respond, again, not from a Christ position, but from a personal position. And there are several, again, doctrines, and we, I, I think I've done a pretty good job enumerating these, that if we don't understand the basics or the fundamental or the foundation, that means in that you will rely on other alternatives to guide your life. This is why when people say things like, I had a dream. Well, you may have a dream, but if you don't have a foundation to build what you're dreaming upon, you can find your mind getting off into some areas that you may not enjoy once you get there. There are a lot of people that live their life based on what somebody has told them or a dream that someone has had about them. You can't live your life based on a dream. Your dream can actually become a nightmare If you're not careful, so let's not well pastor the Lord deals with me in dreams. He may I'm not discounting that I'm simply saying that if your dreams are not measured by what is called basic fundamental doctrine, then your dreams can take you to places that God may not have ever desired for you to ever get in. This is why so many of us make so many silly, bad choices in life. Our foundation is not there. Can we be honest for just a moment? Our young people are gone right now. How many, if I were to take a poll right now, and you were being intellectually honest, you would actually say, had I known more what I know now years ago, I would not have made some of the choices that I made. Would you give someone a high five and say, he's talking to you and I right now. Come on. So again, if there is no foundation, then you're going to make choices based on things that go from the outside. I don't care what it is. You'll go by your visual. You'll go by what you sense. You'll go by what your own desires may be. But again, if it's not settled in the things of God, you will look back over your life and wish to God you would have made some better choices. My job is to make sure that no matter what the choices have been moving forward in your life, you are going to make some better choices. Now, I need you to testify, touch three people and tell them our lives are about to change forever. Come on. Don't be afraid. Touch them and tell them our lives are about to change forever. Now, I want to make sure you get something. So I'm going to go now to the next point here. Uh, The perfection that the scripture says, let us go on to perfection, is where we get the word maturity from. Please write that down. It's where we get. So when the scripture says, let us move on to perfection, the Greek word in our English literally means mature. So when Paul uses these two contrast words here, note what he's doing. He said, we got to move away from the infancy or the toddler position, but now we got to move into a place of maturity. I don't want you to leave here assuming that if you keep following Christ, you're going to become perfect. That's not ever going to happen because perfection is only something Christ is. You and I are not perfect. We are perfecting it simply means that we are growing is going to sound familiar from glory to glory. Not that we will ever get there, but we're forever striving to reach a higher height. That is what mature people do. So I want to make sure that that foundation is laid. Now, here's some of the notes I have. So if you don't have this proper foundation, everything in life uh, will be built on an ideology environment or things uh, we have learned from others. So part of this word comes out of a different definition. So when you see the word maturity and or perfection, let me give you a uh, definition and we're going to go back and read the scripture then contextually here in just a moment. So here's part of the word, part of the word maturity means to carry through completely. We already have the notes up for you to carry through. You need to write this down because again, if you're going to be a mature Christian And you don't understand the word of the Lord, then what you will find yourself doing in a nutshell, you will rely on your emotions, your feelings. And I'm going to say this to you if you're a believer and maybe this is a new experience for you. You're going to have to learn how to take notes, read notes. And let me say this to you as you take them and read them. Don't just do it here in church. Every day of your life, uh, c- can we talk again, our l- young people in the back, how many every day of your life, be honest, be honest, don't, be, don't, don't lie, please don't lie, how many every day of your life you eat some kind of food, some kind of way? Look at your neighbor and say, now you know better, you know you do, go ahead. Now, if you must, and I, we, if we eat to sustain ourselves uh, physically, then how in the world will you ever make it spiritually if you don't digest something every day of your life spiritually, I better come over here. They, I can't hear them over there. You can't just get on your knees, people, and just pray. There also has to be some form of diet spiritually. That impacts, so I don't know what type of time that means. I'm not, I don't want to make you legalist here, that you got to study X amount of days, X amount of hours, I'm not into that, but there should be some form of a diet spiritually that you are putting something in your spirit every day, why? Because you're not just a body. You are a spirit with a soul that has a body. And all three of our dimensions need a nutritional value attached to it. If you do not feed yourself spiritually in a week, W-E-E-K, you will be spiritually weak, W-E-A-K, by the end of the week. Well, I get the word when I come to church, bless you, not enough. You got to get your own. My job is to grow you up. My job is to make sure you know the word of the Lord. And if you never spend time in the word, you will never become a word woman or a word man. You will operate out of your emotions, out of any and everything that have been deposited into your life. But you'll never grow up. You will always be a spiritual babe. When you look at two people and tell them, as much as I love you, we need to grow up a little more. Come on. Now, if they didn't like what you just said, it's because they obey. But we're going to get to that in just a moment. So let's go back to the definition. So the word maturity means to carry through. It also means uh, to carry through completely. It also means to accomplish. You need to write this down. To accomplish. It also means to finish. But it also means to bring to an end. To make sure you succeed. Now, if you and I, as a matter of fact, let's do this. Let's go back up uh, to the scripture. Since you now have the definition, let's go back over to the King James version. Very quick. Verse one, chapter six, the book of Hebrews chapter one, look at the word of the Lord. Now, again, what I'm going to have you to do is to read this contextually. In other words, we're going to get to the word where the definitions have been given to you, and then you're going to insert that definition because you need to see the broad uh, spectrum of what this word really means. I've given you the definitions, and so we're going to do this. Now, let's look at this. Go back to Hebrews 6 and 1 uh, in the KJV. Thank you. And then we're going to read the definition. So where it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ Let us go on. Now, note the word he didn't use. He did not say abandon them. He just said, let's put them in its proper perspective. Let's leave it over here. We're going to make sure we get it, but we got to go on to something else. Know what it says. Let us go on. And instead of perfection, let's read now the definition. Come on, read with pastor. Let us go on to do what? To carry through completely. Or it can read like this. Let us go on to do what? To accomplish. Let's read it again contextually. Let us go on to do what? Finish. Let us go on to do what? Bring an end to something. Let us go on to accomplish. Now, so when we read it, then it should be read contextually, understanding that the word means that you and I are never going to be perfect, but we go on to begin to finish. What God has started in us. And so that is the basic principle of this. And I hope I'm making it clear. Now, here's something else I want you to write down. The notes are there. There are six principles of our foundation. You need to write that down. Because again, as a believer, and I want you to understand this the way that Paul was writing this here. This is powerful. That means that Paul was assuming that you and I as believers we already understood this. Can, can I digress here for just a moment? Have you ever been around alleged super spiritual people? And they want to tell you what the word says, how you should live, how you should live. Do me a favor next time they do it. Well, don't listen to the doctrine first. But ask them to break down the six principles of the foundation that every young believer should already understand. And if they can't give you the basic doctrines, Don't you listen. Look at your pastor. Don't you let them speak into your life what God is saying. (laughs) Well, I feel the Lord. No, no. Tell me the doctrines. Because if you can't tell me the doctrine, I don't know where you're coming from. You may have an ulterior motive to, to hinder me. So if you can't break down the doctrine, but you want to tell me what the Lord is saying, I'm already afraid of you. Because I don't know where you're really coming from. I've had people to do this. I've had people to say, I feel and believe the Lord has called me to do blah, 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 blah. blah." And and I know what the Lord has shown me and you're hindering me. And I just sit and I wait and I look, I go, okay, let's see if I'm hindering you. I said, the only way we can know it is by the word. Well, that's right. Okay. Explain to me the basic doctrines of faith because every kindergartner in the spirit should understand this. And then they begin to he and hall and maybe you never heard that word before, but people, when they begin to hear and haul, that means they, they're looking to try to make up stuff. Well, see repentance means now I'll need you to preach to me, break it down. And most people, most believers don't have the fundamental basis. As it relates to what you say you believe in. Again, let me take a test. How many of you say you love the Lord with all of your heart? Let me see your hands. All right. How many say, Pastor, I live for Jesus? Now, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. As a shepherd, I want to make sure you get this. If you don't have the fundamental elementary stuff, then according to the scripture, you are what is called a spiritual infant and or a toddler. Would you grab someone by the hand sitting next to you and tell them as wonderful as you are? Come on, tell them, look at me. Tell them I'm talking to you. Tell them as wonderful as you are. Tell them we're going to find out today whether or not you and I I are either mature and or we're little toddlers. Y'all ready to go? We're about to go on this ride. You ready? All right, come on. Go with me here. Here Here's some of the attributes of a toddler. Please write this down. I'm going to give you three, and I'm going to give you three mature here in just a moment. Here are three attributes of a toddler or an infant, because again, Paul said, let us go on, move away from the kindergarten stuff or the elementary school, because that is in our Bible. If you look at, again, the King James, he literally uses the word elementary things. How many know when you're in elementary school? That's a sign you're not mature yet. Come on, people. Talk back to me. How many know when you're in elementary school, you're not, you've not in an element of maturity yet? You're not ready to drive a car. You're in elementary school. And, and that's just a reality. So Paul says, we got to move away from, he says, in other words, don't forget about elementary school. Remember your A, B's, and C's. Remember how to write it in cursive and print it out. Remember how to do those things. He said, but we got to move you on here. He said, we got to make sure that you get from the place of being in the elementary school setting, get it, learn it, master it. He said, but now I gotta mature you. But if you don't know how to mature, then you'll stay stuck being a child. Pastor, I ain't a child, I'm 80. I don't give you 90. There are some old childlike folk that may be on your bench right now, on your row. There's a lot of people that got gray on the hair, but they, they, they still got bottles on the inside because they never did mature. Some folk just, you know, they're, they're mature by age, but they couldn't teach you anything to get out of anything. Why? They were never in an environment that matured them. My job is to make sure that you get this thing. So come on, let's go here. Here's some of the attributes of a toddler or an infant. Please write it down. The first one. A toddler is concerned for themselves, about themselves. It's all about them. That's all it is. That is a sign of a toddler. You say, well, pastor, that's not me. Well, let's check. When things don't work out your way, thank you. How do you respond? Well, what about me? What about me? Yeah, see, you ain't listening to me. What about me? See, they ain't listening to me. Listen to everybody else. Won't listen to me. You're a toddler. That is a sign of infancy. Because when the focus is about you and not about something larger than you, you are now. (laughs) Oh, God, forgive me for the thought that just went through my mind. Okay, I won't say it, but I'll think it. Here's the reality you stink, but you need somebody else to change you. Let your mind go there. See, when you're a toddler, it's about you, your feelings. How you feel. Nobody ever listens to you. My position. My way. I said this before. He didn't listen to me. She didn't listen to me. Nobody ever listens to me. I've been saying the same thing forever. Nobody ever pays attention to what I say. But every time you say something, they listen. You sound like an infant. See, toddlers talk like that. The attribute of a toddler is they need all the attention on themselves when nobody acknowledges you how do you respond if you got a problem that nobody ever pays attention to you would you grab someone by the hand and tell them as wonderful as you are tell them if that's you you're a toddler when is it going to be my turn my feelings i have feelings too you little baby you bless your little boo-boo heart you Because, see, an infant acts that way. That is not the sign of a mature believer when it's about your feelings, how you do. You know, I can always tell when people are guilty, by the way. It's in the way you say amen. It's in the way you look straight at me when I'm talking. It's in the way you don't want to look at the person sitting next to you because y'all already had that conversation. And if you look over at them, then it'll be as if though I'm giving away your secret. Therefore, you don't really, really want to say it because in order to say it, then it would indict you. Therefore, you don't want to be indicted. Therefore, you need to look mature around everybody else. In other words, you look a certain way, but you're not really the way that you really are. Therefore, in order to acknowledge it, you can't really say, man, the way that you really would if they were not sitting next to you. So I need you to pretend he or she is not sitting there. Lift up your hands and say, "Preach, Pastor," because you're talking to someone. Maybe not me, but it's someone else sitting there. Come on, let's go to the next attribute of a toddler. Come on, let's put this up. The next attribute of a toddler. Uh, uh, the next attribute of a toddler is they are always fussing. You can't get in a word edgewise because their point must be heard. So you fuss it. How many have children here? You're going to relate to this if you're a dad, a mom. Remember when your babies were real small? When they wanted something. whine, Fussy. Always fussy. Just making noise. What were they doing? Trying to get your attention they needed you to come and do something for them. And you know what, it's okay, because that's what babies are supposed to do. Here's the problem, when you get older, over here, when you get older, then you cannot, or should not, act the way you did when you were a child. If nobody could ever talk to you without you fussing, you're still in the stages with your old self of infancy. Grab someone by the hand and tell them I need you to look your age and act your age and don't act like a child. Come on. Come on. Would you touch over, reach over, and touch someone and say, I, I know you, I know you got it going on, but tell them I really do need you to grow up a little bit. Some people are just fussing all the time you ask them anything you can look at a fusser by sometimes the way they display their physical face if they don't like what you say they don't even have to say it it's how they look they'll sit and look at you like you've lost your mind that you know what they're really doing they're fussing without ever saying anything they'll look you up and down like they done size you up like they want to jump you better watch how you jump Because a mature person would take out their spiritual belt and spank your little legs for you. But some people would check you. Whatever. That's a sign of infancy. See, mature mature believers, I'm going to show it to you in scripture. Mature believers don't act that way. Mature believers don't act that way. Let me give you the last thing. One of the last attributes I need you to write down. A toddler, please write this down. A toddler is what is called Dependent. I, I had them to put this other note up because when my father was living, this is a word. I always heard this all my life. You don't have the right to complain. My dad used to say, if you have the power to change it, if, if, if you complaining, but you can change it, then you shouldn't complain about what you can change. I'm going to give this out of order. I told the story last service. and It's a true story. When I was a teenager, had a little piece of car. I was so happy to get the car. I didn't know what to do. It was raggedy, but thank God for it. I didn't have to walk anymore. And don't, come on, talk back to me. I had to, maybe y'all don't know anything about it. Maybe your folks bought you a Mercedes. I didn't get one. It gave me a $75 Galaxy 500. Burnt on the top of the, of the car because the guy we bought it from, that little cushion had been gone and so the heat had cooked the paint. I was still happy. I was happy because I didn't have to walk 12 blocks to school anymore. And I was happy because I was going to be one of the young 16-year-old kids that was going to have his own car, $75. Hello. I was happy because I was going to be able to hit my horn at the little girls that walked by. Don't look at your pastor funny. It, it, Deacon Ellis, while I was playing Billy Stewart, sitting in the park, or I Do Love You, or whatever it was that I was playing, you know, and I, I, I would, I, I was doing what I do, and I'll never forget, I had uh, the, uh, the converter piece that had begun to hang down, and so some of my friends would see the car, and they Sparky, what's up, because it hit the ground, and, and it'd be sparking, and so I went to my father, and I said, Dad, I need, I, I need my car fixed, he said, what's wrong with your car? And I'm thinking, I know he had to see it. He sees everything. And, and so I'm, I said, come on, Dad. You know, my car, is, the thing is hanging down there. He said, and? Now, in all fairness, I didn't live in a day and time we could talk back. You kept your opinions to yourself. Or if I didn't, you never would have met me, probably. I don't know. And so I said, Dad, come on. I need some help. It's It's hanging. Uh, can you can you put it in one of the shops to get it fixed? He said, no, I can't do that. And I thought, what well, what am I going to do? He said, Well, I guess you're going to drive it like that. Am I thinking? I'm thinking. I'm just, come on. I don't have no money to go to a shop. A Few days pass, and I'm sparking. I'd have people rolling down windows. You going to blow up? It really did. It's gonna. I had friends telling me, it's going to catch to the gas tank. Boom, you're going to blow up. People saying, ah, don't ride with shines. Y'all going to blow up. And so every, nobody wanted to ride with me. It's, certainly no girl. Because I'm sparking. And that thing got to me. i never forget the weekend. I decided something. I went in the closet, got several hangers, wire hangers, stripped the papers off, And got me some wire pliers, and I twisted some wires like it was a braid. And I got up under the car. I tied it, clipped it, began to wind it, braid it. That way the car was no longer sparky. And my father saw it. He said, oh, you went to the garage and got your car fixed. I said, no, Dad. Who fixed it? Stan, I fixed it. He said, so you had a need and you found a creative way to fix it, huh? He said, you did a good job. Now I'm going to give you the money to go get it fixed for real. Let me tell you what it taught me. Never complain unless I took it upon myself to begin to do something about it. See, a toddler is always dependent Upon someone else to do it. You know, a lot of believers are like that. You wait for some person to make you feel whole. Can I help you? Please look at your pastor. You are whole whether someone helps you or not. Because Jesus made you whole with or without someone connected to you. I know you don't want to hear that. I'm trying to help you. I didn't say it's not a beautiful situation. I'm simply saying, don't ever allow someone to define you by what they do or don't bring to your life. Because with or without someone, you are still more than what you thought you were. And the last time I checked, if you're by yourself, one is still a whole number. And so... People should never define you unless you are a spiritual child. I think I'm going to stay there. Because so some of you that should have said, man, didn't. I'm going to stay there until you say it. No, don't say it now. It's too late. Should have said it when you had a chance to say it. See, some of you cannot even function doing the work and the will of God unless someone else beside. I'm not talking just husband and wife. It could be whatever it is. It's irrelevant to me. It should never matter if God have called you to do something. If somebody does not do his or her job that is connected to you, don't you ever assume you cannot get it done because they're not doing their job. As a matter of fact, would you look at two people around you And just simply tell them as much as I love you Come on, tell them as much as I love you Tell them I will make it with or without you I just can't live without him Yes you can I know he beats me every other week But I can't do it Yes you can I don't know how I'm going to do it if you leave me. Watch it. Watch God. God will say, oh, you don't know? I tell you what. I'm going to move that thing apart, and I bet you within another month or two, you still cook it. I wish you'd give someone a high five and tell them, I know you got it going on, but tell them, I'm going to make it with or without you, darling. You all see infancy is defined by you needing somebody to validate who you are. Let me help you. You are, if you are in Jesus, you are all that you ever need to be, all that you ever could be, all that you ever should be. And when God is raising you up, it ain't a person, a demon, a devil, an angel in hell that can separate you and I from what God have called us to do. Now, it would be nice if you work with me, but if you never work with me. I'm going to eat, I'm going to have a house, I'm going to drive well, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to lift up my hands, I'm not going to give up on God because you give up on me. Now will you all do me a favor since we're all mature here, reach over and hug the person next to you and tell them I hope you know I still love you, but tell them I will go on without you. I know some of these men are mad as a rattlesnake because you done told someone you can't make it without me. The devil is a liar. Last time I checked, Jesus died for me and rose again. Check! Don't you let nobody ever tell you nothing that's silly. I'm trying to help some of you. Y'all done been beat down so bad you don't even know what being up is. You're just accustomed to just every, just always been mentally just torn apart. You weeping and crying. <laughs> Will you please do what Jesus said? Go in the closet, man, woman, wipe your eyes, wash your face, put on some makeup, do whatever you got to do. Come out and say, you know what? Good riddance. I'm out. I'm doing my thing. Jesus is still on the throne. people I, I i've lived long enough people i'm trying to help some of you i've watched people when i was in Georgia. i've watched situations where people were so abusive bones broken in their body because somebody just want to be a punching bag god help me because you hurt my daughter like all right anyway you all know, i'll be seeing me in prison somewhere all right come on let's go into word So those are the three attributes. Now, let me give you three attributes of maturity. I got to get you out of here. So let's do a contrast. I gave you the first of the attribute of an infant was, was concerned with self. Let me give you the opposite. Here's one of the signs of maturity. And we put them up there for you as well. One of the attributes of maturity is what's called service. So, again, look at it. Instead of being concerned with yourself, a sign of a mature person is Instead of waiting for someone to come and give you the bottle, you become the servicer. You go out and give the bottles. You got to see yourself as mature. Don't wait for somebody to help you. Take the initiative when you're mature, how can I serve someone else? Are are y'all hearing me? So you got to see yourself as a service. Let's go to the next one very, very quickly here. Not only do you see yourself as a person... Uh, like that. Number two, you now must become a person that is what, what I call, I like to call this being active. Let me tell you why. Because the second attribute of a toddler, remember, was you were a fusser. In other words, you're reacting. But, but when you are mature, watch this, you actually develop the environment where you create the environment that you're being active. You're not waiting. For someone to come and do, you're creating the environment. In other words, you don't just react when someone has caused an action. You become the first individual that you create the environment that you set the tone. The only way you can set a tone, please hear me, is that you got to make the first move. You can't wait for, listen, listen, you can't wait for the enemy to hit you. And then you go, okay, now I'm going to hit you back. No, you take the enemy out first. Put the enemy on the run. That is a sign of maturity. You don't wait for the enemy to, but listen, burn your house down. And then you're going to react by going to get you some water. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. If the house is on fire, no, honey, you don't wait until you see and smell or or see the fire. The moment you think someone may put a fire, can I? Can we talk? Can y'all really help this? Please help me. I won't wait if I know my enemy is living on the next block. Now, y'all don't go and take this literally, people. Oh Lord. The views that I'm about to share are not necessarily the views of all G2G ministry. The views that I'm about to share are no more than the views shared as a metaphor, something that is figurative and or allegorical to make sure that the people understand. All right, here's my commercial. If I know the enemy is going to take me out, I will send the enemy a missile, totally obliterate why? Because I can't afford the enemy to build something, and then after it, it's built, it hits me. Now I go to God. God, I need some help. He hit me. He hit me. He hit me, Lord. He hit No. If I knew where the enemy is, my job is to mess his stuff up. Ah, uh, y'all don't, I don't know if that's in the Bible. Well, then you don't know your scripture. You know what Jesus said? Go and read it for yourself in the Gospels. Jesus said in order to go into and bind the strong man, you got to go in his home and bind him. He didn't say, wait till the strong man come and bind you. Then you get yourself free. Then you run over to his house and then you bind him up. Now, again, the strong man in the scripture is really demonic forces. Jesus said, if you want to know where the enemy is, he said, go to the enemy's house. The sign of maturity is taking it to the enemy before the enemy gets to you. You don't wait, man, until the enemy breaks in your house. I'm going to get me something. Come on. You're about to get into a fight. I I mean that spiritually. Well, maybe not. I don't know. You're about to get into a fight, and then you say to the enemy, excuse me, let me get down and get my push-ups on. I got to get me some crunches going. Man, I got to get me some leg lifts in here. Too late. You get in shape before the enemy hits. Therefore, when the enemy sees you, he knows, oh, sookie, sookie now. That boy looked like he in shape, ready to go. I can't fight him like that. So then you take it to the enemy, and you mess up the enemy's stuff before the enemy could ever be- Do you know if you keep the enemy on the run, it's hard for him to hit you? He's got to come up with some real deep stuff. I w- Can I talk spiritual talk to you? I ain't going to get real deep here because I'm going to keep you out of my personal business. But when you do the work of the Lord, the enemy, when he can't hit you, he'll hit everything around you. Because this is how the enemy thinks. The enemy thinks, I, I, I can't beat him because this boy's always got me on the run. But I, I tell you what I can't hit. I'm going to hit everything that he loves. Because if I can hit that, I can throw his game off. But when you're stable and the doctrines are sure, the enemy may hit it. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor Shine. What about Job? Now, you better go read about Job. The Bible says that the enemy destroyed everything that Job had. The problem was Job didn't even know it was the enemy that was destroying it. Job had come to a conclusion that though the Lord slay me, yet I'm going to still trust him. The problem with that is we preach it, but we really preach it wrong. The Lord was not destroying him. That was an enemy that was doing it. The deal though was Job was settled in his own heart that no matter what happens, I'm going to still give God glory. And if you read the life of Job, you'll find that Job Literally came out when Job began to offer up sacrifices to God. In other words, he got to a point I don't care what's happening to me, God, I know you are still God. Now, wait before you clap. Because Job lost his wife, his children, his businesses, as a matter of fact, even his best friends. If you remember the story, I love the story. One of his friends, Elihu, came over to him and said, Job, I durst not speak my own opinion, for I believe, man, I'm in this thing today, for I durst not speak my own opinion, for I believe that wisdom only came with age. He says, but I found that it is a spirit within a man that will actually give him the know-how to do what he did. Job got the revelation, even though you all are my friends, I'm not even... going to listen to y'all i'm gonna trust in the lord with all of my heart and i'm gonna do good and god's gonna bring me out of whatever i'm in see but we wait for the enemy to hit us you wait for the enemy to hit your house to hit your children man please well i don't know how to do it go rescue other children When the enemy couldn't get to yours, then you put that time. See, a mature person is active. I'm going to rescue this. I'm going to do this in the other people's lives. Therefore, when the enemy sees, he'll already know. Hit me if you can. I'm not going to stop doing the work of the Lord simply because you're coming. I'm going to hit you way before you ever hit me. Can Can I say this and I'll stop? I hope that none of you have had to fight as much as I did. I just do. But I've learned something in life. I learned that when I hit a bully in his mouth, I'm not bullied any longer. I'm not advocating fighting. Well, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> I learned that if I knew you were going to bully me, I'm not waiting for you to get your boys in your posse. Beat down. Bam. And then, now, I done put something on your mind. I don't know what to do with this guy. Some of y'all are looking at me right now. What kind of pastor is this? A real one. <laughs> I'm talking spiritually. How many love something, someone, something? Come on, fake it if you have to. You don't let something attack it, then you go and attack it. How many real men do I have here? Thank you. Thank you, Elder. You protect your home, man, before any enemy ever gets into it. Now, if you got to put a sign up, if you come in, (laughs) you may not get out. I don't don't know what your sign is. But but, but you... (laughs) I told you a long time ago. You break in. I, I pray for you, because, and then that's all about all you're gonna hear. And then, the, you know, the, the car, It's it's nine of them. And after you, it's out. I, okay, wait. You dying, son? I know you can't talk because you done been riddled with these bullets. So shh, be quiet. I'm trying to get you to heaven. Do you believe that Jesus died on? Blink once, if yes, two. Oh, Lord, the boy eyes stand open. I don't know what he's thinking. See, when you love something, you don't wait for the enemy to attack. You let the enemy know it ain't going to be this way. In other words, I'm growing up, and you're not going to treat me like a kid. Would you give someone a high five and tell them we got to get real? Come on. I better Hurry. I got to get you out of here. Last one, last one. The last attribute of maturity. If you remember, I I gave you the attribute of an infant is your dependent. Remember that? But the attribute of maturity, watch this, is you are dependent upon the Lord, not upon people. See, an infant is depending upon a child. I mean, the child is dependent upon a parent. But a mature believer... Your hope is in the Lord. Hey, my job and our elders and leaders here, we're here to serve you. But can we talk real talk? You can't always reach us. You can't. You have to depend that we all connect it. A lot of you, I fast and pray and that sort of thing and do the things I do way before you have your little problem. I see it coming. I fast and pray way before you get there. And then I'll tell always, this is just my habit, I always tell one or two of my leaders who I'm praying for, what I'm fasting about. Then when they get the information, they go, oh, pastor, let me tell you what just happened. And then you all are catching up with where I've been already. And that's, and that's my job. I'm happy to serve you. But can we talk? Sometimes I may not be in a place where I'm fasting for you. Come on, don't look at me for Well, you ain't doing your job. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm growing you up. And what that will force you to do is become spiritually dependent upon the Lord. I can't reach the elders. I can't reach the bishop but God I can reach you your word declares that you ever live to make intercession for me and you can be touched with the feeling of my weakness my infirmity I know that you'll never leave me never forsake me as a matter of fact I can do all things in you why because in you all things are possible I believe that I can have exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or even think by the power that works within me and whatever the enemy is doing there's no weapon that has been formed against me Isaiah 54 and 17 that can rise up and me but even in judgment I shall condemn it for this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and therefore there is nothing that is seen or unseen that can ever overtake me why because you are my rear guard you are beside me and if I come into a place where enemies are a thousand will fall at my right hand ten thousand at my left why because God you are who you said you are you said I'll be a very present help in the time of trouble and the only thing I have to do if I can't get any words out is call the name of Jesus and at the name of Jesus every knee is going to bow every tongue is going to confess but the enemy may have shut up my mouth then the Bible says Romans 8 that even my size in other words even when the utterance out of my mouth cannot even be distinguished God said I'll understand even the rhythms of the groans that come out of you and even in your groaning and in your sign he says I'll be able to answer you see when you are mature in God you don't wait for a person you know you're connected but that's not your umn glory to his name. When God is on your side, listen, you can walk in the gates of hell and say, you're not going to have my son. You're not going to have my daughter. I don't care how messed up they are. I don't care how strung out they are. That's my child. He belongs to me, and they are going to serve God all the day. But wait a minute, Bishop. they in jail. I don't care where they are, wherever they are. God said, you can be in hell, I'm going to be there. Be in heaven, I'm going to be there. What is God saying depend upon him and if you depend upon him God said I'll bring you out how many know God wants to bring you out y'all be seated give me two minutes I promise I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm leaving got to Dr. Gans I got to get y'all out of here y'all got football games to watch here's the first one the first building Or the first level of your basic doctrine. And I can't explain it today people. You got to come back next week. There's six. The first one is repentance. If you don't understand biblical repentance. Then you won't understand who you really are. It has to be biblically based. See repenting is not just saying you're sorry. That's not what real repentance is. Now, I'm not talking about perfection, people, but one of the principles of the doctrine of the scripture that are basic is every believer has to understand what is called a biblical concept of repentance, real biblical repentance. Once you understand that, it'll begin to change you. I, listen, listen, listen. I didn't say you were going to be perfected overnight in it, But that seed in it, that doctrine in you, it'll begin to take you from glory to glory. Sound familiar? So understanding this one fundamental principle of repentance will begin to change you. How many know that what God wants to do through you is greater than anything you've ever had done for you? Listen, listen, listen. I want you to sense this in your spirit if you're mature. How many know that God did not bring you out of all the hell you've gone through in your life to not just leave you? Honey, if God wanted you dead, you'd have been dead a long time ago. The fact that you awaken, God has a purpose for you. I don't care what anybody says. God has a purpose for your life. And it's not just to cook eggs. It ain't just to make grits. Are you listening or just stuff a turkey? You're much bigger than that. These principles are about to build your house. And once you understand what your house is really built on, it's going to change your life forever. How many of you are ready for your lives? Don't just lift up your hand. How many are ready for your lives to be changed forever? Stand to your feet. Come on. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.